Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 1092, air date August 5th, 2022. All right, everyone, welcome. This is Dr. Shiva Ayadure. Today we have a very interesting roundtable. As, as we said, every Fridays, we want to bring in our Truth, Freedom, and Health Warrior scholars who are part of our movement. And we have uh, Jason, we have Tanya, we have John, and we have Suresh here. They're from all over the country. They'll be introducing themselves. But what we want to talk about today is we want to talk about what is the news. That's what we want to talk about. What is the news? And... Um, what is the news really about? So that's what we want to talk about. What is the news? What is CNN? What is Fox? And we're going to open it up for a call-in event. So we're going to have an open dialogue and we want to want to make this beyond left and right. So that's what we want to talk about. And um, those of you who are uh, joining us, please feel free to share your thoughts. And um, uh, that's what we want to talk about. So l- l- let me, um, um, Suresh is out in Buffalo. Tanya, where are you out of? You're in Indiana, right? Yes, Indianapolis. Yeah, yeah. Uh, John is in Cambridge. And Jason, where are you these days? I'm in Florida right now. You're in Florida. Okay. So let's start by going around, um, you know, what is news? By the way, um, some people think news, I mean, there's some word out there, the word news means Northeast, West, and South. There's a big deb- debate on that. Some people say that's not the right acronym. Some people say it comes from the word new, right? Um, anyway, you can, you can read about this. So we're not getting into the etymology of it. We want to talk about, that's not what we mean, what is news. We're not going to have a linguistic discussion. But we want to get people's ideas. Some people said, someone said uh, fake news or real news, right? Um, so let's start with uh, uh, Jason. Jason, what's your definition of news? I, I would say I'm not exactly sure of the definition, but I know that I never really watch news. It, it was never a big thing of mine for, I would say, from adulthood until my age now, 43. But uh, just of recent, I got a chance to watch some news for the last couple of weeks. And it is, it's just difficult. And I'm speaking, uh, uh, maybe it's Fox or CNN. I don't even know who it is. But it's really difficult to get through as uh, there is a narrative being played. But uh, within that narrative, there's the real information. And all I have to do is really just pick up my phone and do a little information research, I guess. And you can definitely see uh, a lot of uh, holes or maybe this narrative that they're pitching one way to elude away from the truth in another area. You think Wikipedia is news? Uh, definitely not. Yeah, <laughs> I don't even look at that one. Right. Let's go to uh, Suresh. Suresh, what is news for you? Uh, news is... Um whatever is happening uh, in the world. Um, news is supposed to uh, let people know uh, the current uh, things that are going on, uh, things that people need to know to stay informed so they can make uh, the right choices for them mm-hmm. themselves. Um, be the watchdog of people in power. Um, I think that's news. Uh, Right. So you're so, so you tell you what what should news be? That's what you're saying. Yeah. Not what it is, but you're saying that's what news should be. Right. Okay. Um, someone just put up there. 
Mike now know, he said, indoctrination with, with a controlled narrative. That's an interesting definition. Okay, what is news? Indoctrination with a controlled narrative. Tanya, how about you? What, what is news to you? Either, you know, I think maybe two things. What should it be? That's what Suresh talked about. Jason said what it is. In your opinion, what, it, what is it and what, what should it be? What is it is um, a huge distraction. Um, they follow whatever story they want to make the story of the day, like uh, the Johnny Depp thing. Um, complete nonsense. Who cares? Who, whatever happened. Um, but they didn't follow the Maxwell trial at all. And it's been just dismissed and look over here another way. Um, it should be informative. It should tell us what's going on in the world. It should tell us that all around the world, people are protesting and fighting for freedom. Um, inflation and energy costs are soaring across the board around the world. Um, a lot of people don't know, don't even have any idea that people are protesting anywhere in the world because our media is so lacking in sharing real information. All right. Yeah. So I think that's a pretty good definition of what should news be and what it has become. Right. But you're saying ultimately news to um, go with Suresh is something that actually informs you, gives you facts so you can make decisions. John, what is your definition of news? Well, I would say that news is the um, uh, latest information about current events. But um, that would that definition would bring into question about whether or not what we are led to believe is the news is, in fact, news which I believe is the point of this discussion. Expand on that, John. What do you mean by that? Well, I, well um, uh, if, if news is what I believe it to be, which is, up, which is up to date or as close as you can be to up to date information about things that are going on or have recently gone on, then um, uh, the question is who gets, who controls the flow of that information and uh, what happens when, um, uh, untruthful information is being uh, broadcast as being as being um, uh, substituted for truthful information when narratives are being subs are substituted for facts, and uh, would that would that still qualify as news under my, under the initial simple definition that I laid out? Yeah. So let's look at what others are saying. What is news? Okay. Mm -hmm. um, so someone said news equals new things novel. Okay, so that's the sort of could be the et etymological definition. I guess someone else said, someone said plural of new. Okay, probably true, right? Etymology wise. Um, indoctrination with a control narrative. Okay, um, someone said current events. Pat Smith, that's the definition of, of news. Um, let's see here. Um, someone said news is northeast, west, and south. Someone said news is garbage. Uh, a good definition. Of something. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, someone said reported news is often propaganda and truth is hard to find through news. That's a very, that's a very interesting comment. Someone said news is a silent weapon against the people. Um, silent. Yeah. News is supposed to be reporting of unbiased facts. That is what I learned in high school journalism 40 years ago. Paul Anthony. Oh, that's great, Paul. It'd be good to have you in the conversation. Someone said at this point, 
News is exaggerated lies to keep people distracted like sheep. Very sad. Um, all right. Very interesting. All right. Let's. Uh, someone said news is the first reality show. That's interesting. Um, someone said news should be about true facts about occurring events, not fake. I think that's what you meant to say. Um, someone, this is hilarious. Good news is no news. <laughs> <laughs> that is hilarious. Um, uh, uh, news always has a slant, uh, though it's just human nature. Okay. Oh, I was on fire today. Yeah. Um, someone says it's propaganda. News is money motivated. All right. Well, let me ask a related question. So what is the press? Who was the press supposed to be and what is the press? Tanya, what is the press, right? What is, so, so remember we in the United States or many countries have what's called the freedom of the press, right? Which is to create news. But who is the press? Oh, there's Kristen. Hey, Kristen, let's ask Kristen. Kristen, what is your definition of news? My definition of the news is um, I feel like I have my own mind and I like to read the headlines. We live in this amazing internet age. So I just, um, to me, like some of the people in the comments mentioned about journalism, it's sort of like science to me. It's about facts and what's going on in the world and around me. So I pretty much tune out like the mainstream news that I think I think we're talking about two different things almost. There's the news that's the mainstream. To me, that's propaganda. And then what actually is the news to me is journalism and real facts. And I just kind of like to look into what interests me and go to primary sources, sort of like I learned in school. Right. So what you're saying, Kristen, is that when we discuss the definition news, there's the news that we see on the mainstream media, like CNN and Fox that stuff, which you're saying is not news, right? Mm -hmm. Which you're saying is propaganda. Yeah. And then there's people wanting to get news, which is stuff that you have to actually go put some effort in. Mm -hmm. Is that what you're saying? Yes, exactly. Okay. All right. So, so, okay. So let's, does that make sense? Because so, we want to get the definition of news. So if it's news, it's stuff that you have to put some effort in to go look at, probably compare sources, right? Mm -hmm. Look at things and say, okay, um, in, um, so one news, here, here's an interesting news. We, we just learned, what, 24 hours ago that everyone in the Senate voted, because you know, the NATO um, is an alliance of a certain number of countries and they all have to vote together, all have to say aye to let in a new country, right? So Finland and Sweden, and, and this, as you know, the United States Senate is the one that handles foreign treaties, right? Um, and so the U.S. Senate voted 95. Only one person voted against it, Josh Hawley. One person was present, which was scumbag Rand Paul. Didn't take a position. So it's 90, that's 95, 96, 97. And then three people, all these uh, liberals, right, who act as though they're against war, they're the ones who did not vote, which are like Pat Patrick Leahy, et cetera. The interesting thing is none of the news organizations brought out this fact. Mm 
that Rand Paul just voted present and he positions himself as the anti-war, anti-establishment candidate. But he, so he took this very easy position out saying he was present. And most of us in our movement know Rand Paul's a not so obvious establishment, right? When you have a certain level of consciousness, you see that. When I put that out there, there's I think one person who said, oh, anyone who says Rand Paul's a scumbag is a scumbag. Well, he was obviously thrown off or quickly because we don't want um, uh, people supporting or uh, you know promoting ignorance, okay? But what's interesting is not one news organization brought that out about Rand Paul. Did you guys see that? It, I, I thought it was quite fascinating, right? Neither, the, But everyone fell in line, which means the Senate, most of those senators are controlled by the military industrial complex. So they all want war. Uh, Putin has said very clearly over and over again, if Finland comes in, you're basically going to create a very, very serious situation for Russia. But it was interesting that news was really not highlighted, 95 to one, right? So, but but I think we can all agree, I think there's a consensus in news is we all have to do research nowadays to find what the news is. What you see as news is basically propaganda. Um, someone just said, Paul said, Fox News defends themselves by saying they're not news, they're entertainment, right? So that's how they're getting out of saying false statements because they, they say that they're entertainment, they're entertainers, so that's how they get over the definition of saying something that could be false because so, so people don't sue them for defamation. Does that make sense? Uh, Rachel Maddow in court, that's what she said, I'm an entertainer. I'm not. And that's the way that they get out of um, saying that they're not uh, doing news because news means facts. Entertainment means it's satire. You're saying whatever the hell you want. Um. Someone said this, press works for elite to make men and women think like they want them to. All right, so let's go to the next question. What is Fox? I mean, I think we have, what is Fox News and CNN? Um, Suresh, for you, what, what are those two organizations? To me, uh, it kind of looks like they are opposite sides of each other. They come off as pro and anti um, sides, but uh, if you take a step back, they both are wings of the same bird, are two sides of the same coin, leading people back into the establishment, dividing people um, against each other. So one takes the pro position, one takes the anti position. It's basically like the blind man uh, story where one thinks, oh, it's a wall. Other thinks it's a uh, tree or a spear. And then uh, people follow each other. And then uh, they call each other names, ists and phobes. Uh, so there's big theater. They, they bring people from each side, uh, maybe five people from each side. And then they, they, do, they do basically theater. And um, they divide people, send them back, back into the establishment. Uh, they're basically entertainment, like somebody, like they said. Um, it's not news, it's uh, opinion and entertainment, uh, calling people names. Um, and uh, at the end, uh, when people look at the elephant as a spear or a rope, uh, what happens is they end up uh, killing the elephant instead of treating the elephant. So 
that's what Fox and CNN is for me. Yeah, they're like WWE wrestling, right? This kind yeah. of stuff. Sure. Yeah, it's all show. Yeah, so I think that's an important thing to understand. So from your view, the Fox and the CNN are basic entertainment. And in fact, that's how they're defending themselves. When people sue them, they said we're entertainment. And that's what they are. I think that's a very, very good definition. Fox and CNN are entertainment. What do you think, Tanya? Well, I don't really watch very much news anymore um, just because there's no news. And they all repeat the exact same like talking points, except for from a different side. Like when I do catch the news, it's uh, pretty obvious Fox News is those Democrats, those Democrats, those look what Biden did. And when you watch CNN, they're still like blaming Trump for the gas prices or whatever. And instead of saying, well, why is a barrel of oil cost this? And if you look historically at what oil has cost over the years based on the price of crude, there's no way we should be paying five plus at the pump for gas right now or 430 or 450 or whatever we're at. There's no way we should be as high as we are on gas just based on the crude prices historically. And no one's even talking about that. They want to just point over there and say, go be mad at those people. It's their fault. It's their fault. The gas is high. So just, yes, yeah, so someone, someone just put up there. It, the WWE is a good analogy. But if you notice on every issue, has there been ever a time Fox and CNN have ever agreed on an issue? Probably on NATO. Yeah, if they if they covered the if they if they if they were to cover the the the, the NATO vote, they would probably have been in complete agreement on it, just like the politicians. Right. That's why they didn't report on it. So any, I think maybe what's important to realize is what they don't report on is what they all agree on. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Which is most of the real important stuff, mm-hmm. right? Um, Kristen, what do you think? What What do you think about Fox and CNN, the mainstream outlets? What do they represent to you? Um, so I did a live back in December um, about a headline, a couple of headlines, and I couldn't even keep back the fact of like which network is on the left or which network is on the right. I still can't keep them straight. But I, to me, what they represent is... It are the two sides of the establishment that we talk about, the pro and the anti, the left and the right. That's what it represents to me. Um, so when I look at those types of stations, I'm not, I'm more looking at the bigger picture, um, just that way I kind of operate. Uh, thank you, honey. My son just brought me a, a full book that was my grandfather's that I inherited. It's called, We Interrupt This Broadcast. My grandfather um, really loved the news. And Let's do that, put it up. Right, so it's a little, you got to move it back a little bit. Put it right in front of your face. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oops. We sort of see. It says we. Yep. A little bit back. Uh, move it back towards you. Yeah, your oh. filter's blurring it out. So. Yeah, your filter. Yeah. But we, we saw it. It said we interrupt the okay. broadcast. Yeah, yeah, there we see. It's, yeah. it's like a coffee table book, but um, I used to read it to my kids when they were little. And it's got like kind of what I would say if off the top of my head, I would describe as maybe like the official narratives of the major events that have occurred up until the time this book was published from the time when the news began, began being broadcast on the television. Because as you know, like that wasn't always a thing. We had radio, but we didn't always have the television news. So I wonder sometimes like, I, I think it's like this, um, like the, the mainstream narrative 
And um, I don't even remember the official question. I think it was like, what are the two represent to me? But there was a time that there weren't a whole bunch of different stations to choose from. It was just like that mm -hmm. one kind of news station or two maybe. But to me, honestly, it's really no different. It's just a bunch. It's like more ice cream flavors, but it's still ice cream. They just it's more confusing today, I think, because we're in an age of um, where we do have access to information at our fingertips. It's like they need to just dump more confusion onto everything. So I just try to kind of stay out of it all and keep focused on the middle. And I can you can kind of get what's going on if you can get beyond the pro and anti. Mm -hmm. Well, here's the thing, as you know, Kristen, when many people first come to our movement, they're stuck into one of those pro or anti, right? They're either watching Fox or CNN. Um, that conclusion takes actually training for people to understand. Today, you may know that, others may know that, but, but um, we know many people first came to our movement, they were big defenders of Fox or Trump, and then they went through this journey where they all the veils get removed and they have sort of, it's like a they're the you know the emperor with no clothes so people go through that journey it's it's easy to come to that conclusion now but if you go back five or six or three four years ago a lot of people were still stuck in one of these zones and still are either fox or cnn and part of having this conversation is to hopefully enliven people to share this with others but let's go back to you know even 50 years ago if you look at like if you if in india right now in the villages, in rural areas, do you know independent newspapers are growing actually? People still like to read print independent newspapers. It's interesting. The average like villager or working person in India will have will actually read about five or six newspapers. They're actually pretty well read. And those newspapers are done by local small independent journalists. And actually, pretty good news. Now, in the United States, for year up and you know when the when the um, founding fathers created the United States, they had a definition of the press. They said freedom of the press. Does anyone know what they meant by that? Um, uh, freedom of the printing press. It was basically the goal was everyone was supposed to be the press, mm -hmm. and everyone is supposed to have the ability to write and distribute. And this is something that's been forgotten. The United States Postal Service was created to enable every individual to be the press. Just like, think about this. And people have no regard for history and they've forgotten what the US Postal Service was. It was one of the foundations of the Constitution. It was, if anything, that was really the power behind the First Amendment. So everyone here was supposed to be able to write something and everyone for pennies could distribute through the Postal Service. And everyone was supposed to be the press. It wasn't the New York Times was a press or CNN was a press, but it was every one of us was supposed to be able to be the press. The Postal Service was really the Internet of the time. And they set up a police force to make sure that if I sent you, if I sent all of you guys a newsletter in the mail and anyone opened it, it interfered, 22 year sentence in prison. So the Postal Service was an amazing institution. In 1997, I met with the Postal Service and I said, you know, as a guy who invented email, I knew that when email volume exceeded postal mail volume, that an email was being controlled by three or four private companies, that it was really gonna be the death knell of the press. And a lot of people don't fully understand this, but 
it's really when you rip away the layers, it turns out in up until 1970, nearly 70 percent of all the mail was newsletters like small guys that have their own little organizations like right wing news, left wing news, Nazi news, Green Party news. So the so the the physical postal service was a vehicle of independent journalism and press, whether you liked it or not. And if you go back, if you were born in the 70s or before that, you'll notice there were like 20 newspapers, even in a small town. Right. You could get you get like small banks. You had many, many newspapers and anyone could start a newspaper. It was relatively cheap to do. And you could do mimeograph print newsletters. What's now happened is there's an organization you can look them up called Gateway Media. Look them up or Patch, P-A-T-C-H. So all the small newspapers got bought up by big guys and made to look like they were local. It's a very insidious trick they played. Um, what we, there's also an organization called, I think, Arabella Hedge Fund. They actually have local newspapers that look local, but they're not. They're actually controlled by a central centralized unit. So the reason I want to share this as we're discussing this definition is there was a time news meant every one of you being able to produce something using the postal service to get it out. We were all supposed to be the press. So somewhere around the 70s in particular, all of this shifted. And by the Internet, you basically have Robert McChesney. I don't, there's a good book he wrote. I forget the name of it. I read it many years ago. He basically analyzed all the news organizations and he said four major news companies own 90%, 95% of the news. And guess what? They all own equity in each other company. I think Viacom owns like 20% of Disney. Disney owns, I'm making these numbers up, but they 20% of News Corp. News Corp owns Viacom. So all of them own each other and they're all good friends. And they say they have some quote unquote competition. So I think it's important to understand, one is what we just talked about. What is the definition of news? It's facts. It supports your reporting, right? But then on the media side, we did have news at one point. We had individuals like, John, you would write an article, right? You, you could easily create, and for low money, you could do bulk mail. And John could have John's newspaper. Christian could have Christian's newspaper. Tanya could have, and that was the purpose of the Postal Service. Uh, when Reagan came into office, he made sure that all the best parts of the Postal Service were gutted and given to FedEx and DHL. So the Postal Service was left with the most low profitability news to distribute. And so that's why they couldn't sustain a lot of the low costs. So they had to raise the price of stamps. Before I go look at it, for a very low cost, any one of us could distribute news because the Postal Service was making their money from the overnight news and first class mail. And once DHL and FedEx took over that, guess what? You, you and I as citizens couldn't distribute low cost news anymore. And the private guys took over Facebook, Twitter, et cetera. So I wanna, in, the, in that context, when the internet came, you know, we talk about, Christian, you said, oh, I can go on the internet and get all this news, right? I do my own research. Or people think, um, Jason, I think you were saying you, you don't do news social media. People think they're doing news when they go on social media, right? What do you guys think the phenomenon, the difference is 30, 40 years ago, I could, John could start his own little newspaper and 
put it out through the, through the postal service versus someone thinking they're doing news when they go on Facebook or Twitter, particularly these big social media companies. Is it the same? What do you think, John? Well, one is mandated by law that by, by constitutional law that it has to that they're not allowed to interfere in the flow of information. They're not allowed to monitor your mail. They're not allowed to open your mail. They're not allowed to stop your mail. So that was um, uh, a very important thing that that uh, Benjamin Franklin pioneered. But the social media companies, they can once once uh, once your content is in their system, it sort of becomes their quasi property and they decide that they can do whatever they want with it. Yeah. So the old model with the Postal Service and the First Amendment, this was in the United States, was John could truly be the press. He could come up with facts or his opinion and spread it. Now, John, if you go up on social media and Twitter and you say ballot images were destroyed in Massachusetts and you give actual facts, what happens? Or if you put um, actual news, which you could do in the old days with the postal service, I could write a letter and I could send it out to 10,000 people at bulk rate, very like two cents, right? You could do that. If you do that today on Twitter and Facebook, are you? do you still have free press anymore? No. Tanya, what do you think? No, not at all. Yeah. Not at all. So the goal of the internet was to become in my view, an extension of the Postal Service where all of us could be the press. And when I wrote Arts and the Internet back in 1993, this was about every one of us being the press. That was the hope of the Internet. And each one of us would build their own little websites and we would build the Internet. What ended up happening was Twitter, Google and Facebook came and they actually became the private Postal Service. So we all go to there and we post our little stuff but when I said the ballot images were deleted in Massachusetts, which is an absolute fact, we were thrown off Twitter by the government contacting Twitter, right? So I think this is a very important aspect of news because what is it we're actually, because of technology now, Kristen, let's say you're doing research, right? In the old days, you could go to a library and get access to a bunch of stuff. The question I have for you, Kristen, is, how much knowledge can you actually get now because technology has consolidated even the flow of information? Like PubMed, for example, in science is the only location you can go to get scientific articles and they charge for it. So, you know, you said I go do my own research, but in the old days, you actually could go do research. You literally went to the library, right? You could go through the microfiche. It was really not controlled in many ways. So the question is, in the old days, could you do better research than today? What do you think, Kristen? Uh, yes and no. So I think it like it's, I found it over the years becoming increasingly more difficult to get information online. Like you said, um, like you can go to PubMed and things like that, but a lot of things are behind a paywall. Um, you know, I have to switch up my search engines all the time. I used to use DuckDuckGo. Now I'm using a different one because the searches are even controlled. Uh, the censorship um, and then the amount of, uh, you know, if you want to call it disinformation or. So I think it, it does take a great deal of. I don't want to discourage people from doing their own research, but at the same time, it takes a lot of critical reasoning skills and thinking skills like the stuff that at least my generation, we were still taught that growing up in, in school, like how to 
um, assess the sources that we were, even whether it was the library, because um, I grew up with the with the um, Dewey Decimal System and the card catalogs and all of that too. Internet didn't come around till I was like first year of college. Um, but yeah, to, to answer your question, is it better or worse? I think because of the control that is increasingly um, happening online, you probably can get more out of a library. But again, like the time consuming nature of going to a library, it's not as accessible. Um, you know, you have to like travel. Sometimes you have to go to colleges or certain places where they have these things. I haven't done library research in a very long time, but um, you know, it depends is how, how do you define better? So I think people do need to learn how to research. I think maybe we've forgotten it or people just never learned, I'm not sure. Well, let, let's, so let's talk about like right now in China and Taiwan. In the old days, you would have beat reporters. You would have reporters on the ground filing news stories, right? We, I, I think what's happened with technology, you can black out news so much faster. Mm -hmm. You can hide stuff so much faster now. You can consolidate and hide. Um, there's a guy called, uh, there's a book written called The 37th Parallel. I don't know if you saw this book. You, you ever, uh, what is it, the movie, The Social Network? Mm -hmm. The guy who wrote it wrote a book, a uh, very thoughtful writer. He, he came to a library here to do a book review and it's about aliens. Okay, 37th parallel. And this guy's a serious, hardcore researcher. And he said, I never believed in aliens. I don't think they exist, all this stuff. Anyway, the 37th parallel, he found out that all the alien sightings were on the 37th parallel, on the latitude. Okay, and he writes about this ge geographically. So at the library, he talks about his book. And then someone says, um, Hey, how do you think, do you think the government could really hide the existence of aliens? How could they do that? That's nonsense. We have so much freedom. You could find, you know, he says, well, do you remember when the Manhattan Project took place? You know, when, the, when we were building the bomb, the United States, do you know, he said that the government, this is without technology. They had a way to make sure the word nuclear bomb was removed out of every newspaper in the United States. So that is without all the sophisticated technology. This is in the 40s. So just think about that. So his point was, and I, I think this guy won a Pulitzer too. He was saying that even back then they had a whole government had all news went through a, because, you know, the news went through services, right? Wire services. The U.S. government would extricate all these references to nuclear bomb making, et cetera. So if they could do that then, now you have a couple of big media companies. And if you notice, when Nancy Pelosi was in Taiwan, it was very hard to really understand what was going on there. We don't really know what's going on in Ukraine or Russia. So I feel what's happened with technology, and I see this in science. You saw this a couple of uh, weeks ago, right? For 16 years, a researcher... 16 years ago, a researcher in University of Minnesota wrote a bogus paper, made up medical images, which were complete nonsense about how Alzheimer's images about, you know, the origins of Alzheimer's, right? Or Al Alzheimer's uh, was created, the plaque. That paper became the most important paper. Everyone else supported that paper and about a billion dollars of funding came because of that paper.
So, and that paper is on PubMed. It's published on one major journal, Nature. So what I've seen happen is more and more and more, there's consolidation of the news. And if you have consolidation of the news in terms of research, scientific journals, which is news, and you have media news. And so if you have three major medical publications, three major news, think about the collusion that's taking place. Let's say Jason has some... Jason, let's say you found some important news. You did research and you found this thing can save people from Alzheimer's. What is the chance Jason's news is you're ever going to find it, Kristen? So this uh, is nothing. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. So I, I'm wondering now, it's a broad question. We find this because if you look at research, there's all this research going on, these small universities or small schools. How much of that actually comes to us? So what do you guys think about that? H how do we do real research anymore? How do we, so we, we, I think we all agree news is getting the facts, right? How do you get the facts? Who controls us even getting information anymore? The actual data, the facts. Talk to people at the scene, go to where uh -huh. the news is happening. That's why I like, the online news better because you can actually talk to people in in what do you mean brand, online news home. better tanya what, what do you mean online news um well on on forces like uh, telegram you uh -huh. have people that are in the area in london and norway and in the in the countries and they're reporting they're like reporting what's going on right then and they do like man on the street interviews and say you know, what do you think is the worst thing going on in the area? And I completely, I mean, the last straw for me with regular media was when we saw the reporter say, oh, I had this stuff on Epstein. I sat on it for four years and I knew all about Epstein and I had all of the information. And so look at all the people that were abused in that four years where that reporter was sitting on that news. So you're saying, you're saying, so you're saying the way you resolve this. So the question was, how do you get information that's validated information anymore? Like, how do we know what's actually happening? The news every day right now is reporting that Russia is going to, you know, Russia is losing the war. I have intelligence sources that we, you know, friends of mine have, they say Russia is destroying Ukraine right now. Mm -hmm. Right. But everything we're seeing is, so how would we validate What's actually going on in Russia, Tanya? Uh, talk to people in Russia. Talk to people that have family in Russia. Talk to people that uh -huh. live here and, you know, still have family and friends over there and what they are hearing firsthand. Mm -hmm. Okay, but so what we're saying is, what you're really saying is we need to go back to the freedom of the press, where the individual becomes a press again. That's probably the way out of this. Correct. Right. Where each one of us becomes the news again or publishing of content directly from the source or observations. So in the information age, we're going back to just human interaction and right. telling stories right. again like we used okay. to. So in the old days, how was that done? You would write it in a physical letter and you would pass it around. Right. Or you did it on phone calls. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, today, how would you get that news? You have to you would post that news on Facebook? No, because I get censored on Facebook. Right. Okay. So, 
Okay, so suppose everyone in Russia started posting what was actually going on in Russia, that Russia was destroying Ukraine right now, and Ukraine was losing. Do you think we had a chance, even with Telegram, do you think we would get that news? Kristen, you're, you're shaking your head. Go ahead. They would probably, go ahead. I, uh, a little bit. Go ahead, Kristen. We can't hear you. Go ahead, Kristen. I'm sorry. My internet connection's really slow. I apologize. Okay. Um, Go ahead. I think, honestly, I have to be so fast, and I'm not always, like, online, so I have to be so fast to catch things. Like, you talked about the people in Russia. Every once in a while, there might be, like, a rogue TikTok or a rogue video that gets past the censors, and you try to see it, but um, it takes, like, you know, it's years, too, of you know, watching these types of things and like learning. Cause I mean, even me, I could see somebody on the streets of Russia and I'm, I'm a complete skeptic. I'm not going to believe a hundred percent that that's not a controlled um, propagandized piece that's put out there for my, you know, anything that I'm allowed to see, I assume that it's because they want me to see it. Like I have a set of principles. So it's like these rogue things that come through every once in a while. But like Tanya said, I think talking to people, um, if you're fortunate to have uh, sources, you know, that's the way to really understand. But I think it's also okay to to know. I think it's also very important to know that we don't know. Like, it's okay that I don't know everything that's going on in Ukraine, right? Like, I would rather know that I don't know than try to take this limited set of information from the mainstream and base an opinion off of that. Um, you know, there's some people on this call that have educated me a lot uh, about the situation in Ukraine. I think also having like a really good set of people and friends like myself with these people on the call, uh, we can actually talk about things and share um, like the headlines we've seen and talk about like, oh, let's go to this site. Let's go see how these people voted. So that's very helpful. Um, I think that's what you were asking. But yeah, I don't think yeah. you're going to really find it. It's last well, point. Well, the reason I'm asking this is that uh, actually, let's go to Suresh and Jason. Go ahead, Suresh and Jason. I want to get in your thoughts on this. Yeah, I just want to... How do we actually get... The question is, how do we actually... So if we define news as real, accurate information, it's true reporting, right? It's not opinion. It's not propaganda. In a world where, let's say, all seven, six of us right here, we're in, in Russia and we're seeing what's actually going on, and we start putting it up, would John, let's say John was here, would John actually be able to get that information? Or would that also, because of algorithms, you can contain that, right? You can stop it. So the question is, how do we actually get the accurate information in a situation? Knowing, yes, you, go ahead, Suresh. How do you actually solve that problem in the modern world? Suresh? Suresh is an IT guy, technologist. Go ahead. Yeah, the first thing that comes into my mind is don't use these uh, tools that are oppressing the opinions. They, I just wanted to go back to the previous point that you mentioned. They uh, advertise themselves at, as cheap postal, quick postal services, and they decided to ban somebody from mailing. Like when you posted something in Twitter, they decided, okay, you can, they can ban you. And then they went an extra step, like they can shadow ban you. They can take a mail from you and then throw it away. And then one step further, they can label your post as like, oh, misinformation or not true. Visit this site for real truth. It's like taking your mail and stamping saying, 
there is misinformation in this mail or putting a card inside the mail saying okay whatever it's even worse right it's even yeah. worse because you're you're yeah it's it's like the postal you're sending a mail to john and when john opens it says what suresh just sent you is bad information it's exactly. even worse it's actually it, i mean it's, it's it's further hurting you yeah it's like you said yeah. if postal service person does that they get 20 years or something if they open it yeah, these guys are opening it in prison yep opening and putting something else in there saying right. oh, whatever this person is saying is not true so i would not use those tools i would come up with our own tool independent tool that doesn't do all this mm-hmm. shenanigans like oh i'm protecting the people because i am protecting what they should know um so that's the first thing that comes in, into my mind i i would dump those uh, platforms uh-huh I do not jason, want real jason what do you think um I would say, uh, you know, it's a lot of things that we practice in Truth, Freedom, Health, but it's definitely to drive away from uh, uh, the the top, you know, a top-down model and really work bottoms up. I think that's a real way to do it. As I, yeah. I had uh, done that, I don't know if you remember that political satire I did, but I, yeah. uh, I opened a, what do you call that, TikTok, and I put it on that TikTok, and within minutes, uh, uh, the it had a, a more views than what I expected, but then I uh, went to work and came back, and it had no more views. So I... I immediately thought it was uh, throttled in some way. But that made me uh, go bottoms up because I told a bunch of people about it and no one could stop that. My words, my interactions with the local community, no no one could stop that. You know, and to me, that's where the real power, I, I noticed the real power. So let me, let me put forward. So I think we all agree what news is would be actual information of the events that took place that we get and then we could draw our own opinions, right? That's what we're defining news as. We all acknowledge that we live in a world with technology. Now it's harder to get news. And it's actually, there's doubts on what news we're actually getting, right? So what would happen if you had a trusted network of actual human beings, bottoms up, that on the ground would go back to being reporters again and and could deliver news? So in local neighborhoods. So Jason, where are you right now in Florida, right? Yes. So in Florida, imagine you know, there was some process that, that you're physically there and you're reporting. There may be 20 people in Florida or 30 people. And those 30 people are writing news that's being directly fed into an environment where they know nothing's being altered. Okay. And so you're just getting observations because in science, the scientific method is you're supposed to get data, right? And then the data comes in, then you take that data and then you make decisions. I think today we don't even know what data we're getting. Are we even getting the data and is the data accurate? Just from a scientific perspective. So what would you guys think would happen if we could take, I don't know, 100,000 ordinary working people, not connected to any media companies, not having to put that news on any of the big providers, but they literally became independent journalists again. By the way, CNN has a total, the number one news organization in the world, they only have a total of 4,000 employees. Did you know that? All the big news organizations have gutted all their reporters. They don't have reporters anymore. You know, some reporter called me from, sent me an email from Reuters. I'm never gonna respond to them. He'll say, blah, 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 what do you think? And then he'll just go write whatever the hell he wants. He just does it in a perfunctory way. But imagine a possibility where we could have 100,000 people 
who are working people who do physical work. They don't rely on writing news as their source of income. And they just did reporting, actually said, this is a picture, this is what happened here. And we could figure out a way to get it direct without any of Twitter, Facebook, et cetera. Would that give us information? Same thing with science. You know, Aaron Schwartz, you remember that guy? Everyone know who Aaron Schwartz was? So Aaron Schwartz was a interesting character. He had some issues, you know, health issues, but separate from that, he basically, right now, if all of us are scientists and we write a scientific article, it goes to these journals. Some of them are free. Many of them now you have to pay for. It's called they're behind a pay, payment wall. And he felt that all this science journals should be accessible to all. So he literally downloaded them and put them up. And then he, he was afraid he was going to get sued. He's a young kid, 23, and he, and he killed himself. Okay. Uh, it's, you can look it up, Aaron Schwartz. So... But the idea is if you're doing research and you could directly get it to people, like do the news, get it to people, sort of what Julian Assange in some ways was trying to do that, right? He was getting data and just dumping it. He was like, here's the cables, I'm dumping it, right? It's just data, data dumps he was doing. What do you guys think if we could do that? Tanya and then Kristen and then um, John. I, I really like the idea. Um but again, if you have somebody reporting that is left-leaning, right-leaning, or doesn't realize all the not-so-obvious establishment stuff, they might put their own spin on it, not knowing that they were. So, right. So, so okay. So, 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 so people doing it. Okay. So, so stop. So, what about if you had an environment where, in the old days, like if you have a good a plumber come in. There's two kinds of plumbers, a guy who has a license who's put in 8,000 years, and a guy who just is a hack, right? Who would you hire? Who would you believe can do the plumbing for you? Obviously, the person. The certified plumber, straight. right? Mm -hmm. Or the certified, because you know he's got the time. There's some structure, right? Is there any structure to being a journalist today? How do you know? You know when an engineer comes in or an electrician, he's got it have put in 8,000 hours. How do you know this doofus over here in journalism is better than this guy over here? What is the, what is like the standards? Are there any? I don't think so. Because if they're left-leaning or right-leaning, so, I mean, our movement teaches people to go beyond left and right. We pound that away. We pound away a certain scientific approach to actually gather data. We're teaching people science. So if you if you could have those kinds of people all over the world who are committed to that, who are trained in that discipline, doing independent journalism, would it, would that solve that problem, Tanya? Like definitely, definitely, because okay. I mean now, like I I know people that are married to people from other countries, and so they say what's going on at their homeland and what their family and friends there are doing. But then there is always that kind of skewing of, you know, well, we like this person or we don't like that person. So it's not mm -hmm. just the straight facts. So yes, yeah. I think it would be very beneficial. Like if you think about what we did when we did the election fraud stuff, when we did the vaccine stuff, when we did the stuff with, um, what's the stuff with the, uh, uh, the laundering of censorship, pure data, no one could refute it. And the impact that we had, imagine if we could atomize that all over the world. 
and we literally could take every one of you here could report local news, right? In some meaningful way without all these platforms. So I think what you're saying, you need to know the person who's doing the work has integrity, has a certain, I don't want to say certification, but has gone through some uh, process, like you can trust them. It's, it's not coming out of some guy coming out of Emerson College, right? Nothing against Emerson, right? But was trained to be lefty or someone coming out of some right wing environment trained to support Fox and they're just putting a, right? Putting a narrative out there. If you could have actually engineers, like you would have a civil engineer, but a news engineer, right? And they're actually going to report data of what they see. I think that's what's missing. John, what do you think? Medlar? Yeah, I'm noticing those. Um, um, uh, yeah, the only the it, it'd be a real shame if if uh, if all of the people that we've trained suddenly started suddenly started uh, doing doing news on our ind on our independent infrastructure that we have. Just saying. Yeah, I'm I'm saying we have, for example, this is very interesting. We have a number of people right now we know in Russia. We have people in China. We have people all over the world. And Finland, uh, one of our guys just wrote to me. He said 10,000 Finns are against joining NATO. You don't hear that. Timur just wrote this to me this morning. I have a thing here. And I was just thinking, um, what, what, how amazing would it be to have, because the people who come through our movement, who go through the training, you know, our movement really sort of forces them to face themselves. Some people have a lot of ego and they can't do it, but we're building a collective model where we're telling people, if you go through this training, you have a duty to serve, right? And that service means learning how to take this knowledge. It's scientific training we give people. And it's really training how to actually gather real data and present it. That's science. The goal of the real purpose of science was you did an experiment or you observed something, you gathered the data, you organized the data, and then you presented the data to people, right? That was real science. That would be true journalism. And I don't think anyone teaches that anymore. I think our movement is probably, in many ways, the movement for truth, freedom and health is probably the only true journalist organization on the planet left. So if that's the case, I think it could be very interesting because then you would get like Sri Lanka. We did the video on it. We had a woman on the ground who was in the protest. Then the government, have you seen anything on Sri Lanka anymore? It's all gone. They got a new president. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. And th that's it. It's all gone. So I, I think what, what we're coming to the conclusion is that we are in a dark ages we're heading into. Like literally we're in the darkness. We don't have enough people actually giving us data. I think that's what, in, in, in a world where there's all these cameras, all these satellites, all this data gathering, I don't think the people are getting any of this data, are we? Misinformation delivered well, no, by I'm our saying, Where's all this data? Jason was saying that we could get data. All these, China has 200 million cameras. I think the United States has 200 million cameras. Why isn't that the people's cameras? Why aren't we able to just see all that data? Only sound, we can look at select cameras. What's that, Kristen? I was just saying, it kind of goes back to my point. If I see something, I assume it's because I'm allowed to see it. They want me to see it. 
um, to me, it's really no different than uh, like historically, I know like back in the 1500s prior to when they had the printing press, um, it's a little bit of a history lesson, but nobody could read the Bible. It was in Latin. And then, so the Catholic church had the monopoly on that. Then they had the printing press. So suddenly now they couldn't control the flow of information or the Bible at the time. But to me, that was a turning point. So now it's kind of the same thing where. Yeah, but it, then all the monarchies monopolize. No, no, but, but this, this, this point, is what happened. This my is what point happened. is like the flooding of the information. So you bury it. Like, I, I don't know. I don't have access to all that data, but I believe it's out there. It's just buried. Well, well, well let's, just, let's just go to the point you were saying. So what happened was, this is what's interesting. Whenever a new technology comes, like the internet, like the printing press, by the way, the printing press was actually done by the Chinese before Gutenberg. It's just mm -hmm. been sort of forgotten. Chinese did the printing press 200 years before the Gutenberg press. But regardless of that, whenever a new technology comes, we as naive humans think, oh my God, this is great. We're gonna have more freedom. What ended up happening out of the printing press? You just created three major publishing companies, Hearst, you know, and they controlled all publishing after that. When the internet came, when I wrote Arts and the Internet, it was called A Guide to the Revolution. We thought the internet was going to make all of us be the independent press. What ended up happening? Three major companies control 99% of the flow of information and three major telecommunications companies control the distribution network. So, it's, so what's clear is technology has never solved freedom. It has been when people rose up and seized those means of technology. This is something I think we all need to understand. We're not gonna have news until we have a real movement and we as people own those means of communication. Do you follow what I'm saying? So when the printing press came, it started and then the elites go, holy shit, people are gonna have too much power, so they consolidate. Internet comes, oh my God, people are gonna have too much power and real news, consolidate. And so they appoint maybe Google, Facebook, a couple of people to be the quote unquote private entrepreneurs, but it's ultimately controlled by government. Yes. I think we need to think, think about this, right? Because, and, and it happens with scientific research. If we could bring back actual real freedom of speech and freedom of journalism and um, and the censorship and actually get real information to people, it would be as significant as as email, as inventing email. I mean, we are in such a, we've got so much information and it's so much misinformation. If people could actually see, you know, some of the different things that are happening in real time around the world, not just the made up stuff that CNN or Fox films like, um, the Vogue shoot in in Ukraine. Who cares? That's not the real story. The story is down the road. But um, they choose to cover, you know, the shiny the shiny subject. If we could show people really what is going around the world and not be censored doing it, it would be tantamount to the in to email. So, so, let, email. Let, let, so to to your point, Tanya. Let's start with John. So how do we get real news? What is the solution? Given what we, so we just talked about the fact we don't have real news. We have propaganda. We know what we want. We want actual data so we could make our assessments, right? As, in, as intelligent human beings. We know that if you right now 
three major telcos, three major media companies control that. There's a monopoly. So how do we get real news, John? What is the way that we do it? And just, well, you don't have to give the answer, but what, what is your view? Well, it has to start bottoms up. It has to be people on the ground, like we've discussed, but then they have to be able to get their stories from themselves as individuals to other people. Uh, so it has to be infrastructure that, so there has to be infrastructure that can't be controlled by any of these private companies. So, so taking that right now in Sri Lanka, you have to ask, why are we not getting any news? So riff on that, John, why are we not getting any news? Why are we not getting Russian people actually telling us what's going on in Russia right now or what's going on in Sri Lanka? Because there's no, because there's no, um, uh, there's no storage, no infrastructure to transport the information, to transport the truth and the information across. In, in spite of the, in spite of the world where we live in, there's so much capabilities with all the cable and satellites and all that. Isn't that fascinating? Yeah. We live in a world of so much infrastructure to do this, yet we have less news now. In the old days, you would write a letter and you would probably, maybe be two weeks later, but you'd probably get really good letters of what was going on from a soldier in, um, in Sri Lanka or Ukraine. So you're saying, John, on the ground people and give them a capability that could send it to us. Yes. Jason, what do you think? How do we get real news? Which again, we're defining news as actual data on the ground so someone like a Kristen or Tanya can go somewhere and get, and then they can say, oh, that's what's, maybe there's 20 different things. How do we get real news, Jason? As that's what I was gonna uh, say is personally, I would be a little intuitive and work at finding uh, some of this data. And then as, uh, we, as I would do maybe analysis to maybe corroborate some of it, I would then deliver that information to others as I'm not necessarily trying to convince them but uh, or I'm not telling them what should be or could be. I just want to deliver accurate data so they can make the decisions for themselves. Right. So someone just said independent websites are the place where people can go to see a list of reputable sites. That's an example. Someone said having our own satellites. Well, you got to be billionaires to do that. OK. Um, what else? Well, the other solution is working people could seize all the satellites of Elon Musk. Mm -hmm. on in on behalf of the working people something to consider okay why should we have to build all this infrastructure there could be a good revolution and people could seize this on behalf of the working people of the planet right seize the means of communication seize, seize the means of communication uh, because right now i think we all have to acknowledge that given the big events that are going on i have a friend in china for example okay he has to be very careful what he writes to me on email. He's a professor there, okay? Because I'm trying to figure out what the hell's going on, right? And and he, he, when I send an email, he has to be very, very cagey what he writes back to me. Think about that. Um, so, uh, Kristen, how do we get real news? I mean, Jason, you've said, John, how do we get real news? Uh, well, the simplest response is going to be for me is gonna be the systems approach that we learned in, in the wonderful class that you teach Dr. Shiva. I can't quote it all by, by heart right now, but it's like the decentralization, all of the inputs that are necessary um, for truth, freedom and health, I think would apply to how we get the news. And I think the inputs for the power profit and control also explain 
why we're not getting the news. And I think that would cross whether we have the internet or no internet, um, needs to be bottoms up, decentralized. Um, and then of course the interconnection of the parts, like the interconnection between all of us, however we want to do that, as long as it's got the, you know, the inputs, the correct inputs that, that you teach for truth, freedom and health. Um, and then just to a side note, um, I'm not going to get too into like the real things I think about because we are on their platform. I don't want to, you know, but um, I can share when you mentioned the person in China, I had a professor in college from Russia and he talked about what it was like in the country at, at his time during communism. And he actually had to smuggle um, like different manuscripts over to America. And there's a lot of literature from that time period of like World War II from Europe where they would write things um, in fictional sort of versions. I mean, it still exists. So people had to get clever about how they shared information. Um, I'm not saying we need to do that, but that is one way historically that people uh, have, I, I wouldn't necessarily say that that's data and news, but you know, people had to get clever with how they shared information. And I feel like we're in that time right now. Right, so I think the point, I think, I think the thing that's coming out of it, we all agree that we live in a world right now where human communication among people has been seriously, seriously censored. Mm -hmm. um, and young kids don't know how to write letters anymore. There's no typewriters. So, you know, I would write a letter to John, right? In the old days, it would take like three days to come there and John would get a letter and maybe he'd mimeograph it and share it with friends. We don't have that anymore. One could argue, do you go back to paper, right? That's a Luddite model. And some people have argued that. So what I want to do is I just put up a call in number as we wrap up. We want to take about 15 minutes worth of calls. So anyone out there, what do you think? How do we solve? Given the discussion, I think our expert team or bottoms up working people team, we're not have sort of concluded just using pure logic. We don't we want news. We want to know what the hell's going on in, let's say, Ukraine or China. We don't know. We rely on the fucking New York Times. Excuse my language, but that's what they are. They were organization where we rely on some hack at Politico, right? Or some doofus at Daily Beast. These are the idiots that we rely on. These people aren't journalists. Um, how do we get knowledge of what's going on the ground, knowing now what we know about Facebook, Twitter, and that if you were to put up knowledge, you could be, how do we get knowledge anymore? That's a question. People can call in 617-631-6874. How do we get actual news? And when you call them, please say your name. Someone used to say news used to be interconnected to a newspaper. Okay. Um, what else do we have here? Someone saying excellent discussion. Someone saying, why don't you try to convince Elon Musk? Well, you know, Elon Musk, you have to understand, has got all his money from the government. A lot of people have illusions about this guy. And by the way, Elon Musk, all of his companies, he never even found that he took from others. And unfortunately, very naive people thought he was going to do something for Twitter. And we, our movement predicted he wasn't going to do anything, which he didn't. He, what he did on Twitter was essentially to get probably a lot of right wingers to buy Teslas. It was it's for you to make you think like he was fighting and smokes weed with Joe Rogan, another grifter. But ultimately, Elon Musk is of the government by you know he, he's a he's an elite he made all of his money from the government got all the subsidies he knows that the government controls twitter yet he never addressed that fact so i think it comes back to what john and jason were saying it's got to be bottoms up 
So anyone, if no one has any things, we'll close up. But if anyone, oh, type your number here. Okay, here's the number. Let me just put it up here. Let me change the ticker here. Okay, so if you want to call in, you can ask, uh, share your comments on the discussion we're having right now. Okay, call in 617-631-6874. Tell us what you think. Someone's calling here. Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Who is this? Please introduce yourself. Hi, and yeah. Hi, Dr. Shiva. This is Keith for Seopus. Hi, Keith. Nova, Michigan. Yes, Keith. Um, and I, I didn't catch the whole thing because I was out of church. But then, hold on one second, like, Keith. Uh, hold on one second. Keith, hold on one second. Hi, this is Dr. Shiva. Can you hold one second while I finish up with Keith? Hold on one second. Yeah. Yep. Second. Thank you. Go ahead, Keith. Okay. As far as commu secure communication, did you talk about cryptography at all I, I i may have maybe you did and i missed that we did so so what we're saying is look let's forget uh so one is technology okay yeah. one is cryptography yes one is bit just let me just make a point about what is it uh uh the blockchain and cryptography you, you every i hope everyone knows that right around the corner is a new technology called quantum computing that's coming when quantum computing comes, forget about blockchain, okay? Because they're going to break every prime number. And, you know, those who have quantum computers will bust the biggest factor, you know, um, prime yeah. factor. So let's talk about, so what happens is the nerds get all into like blockchain. Problem with nerds is they don't study history. Technology has never solved anything. It's in fact yeah. further subjugated people. That's why, right? So- Let's sort of move beyond that. And, and the question I have for you, Keith, is what do you think is a solution for us to actually, let's say there's 100 people in Russia right now who actually have real news. We're not getting it. How would we get it here, Keith? Um, yeah, that's a great question. And it was discussed about a system to do it, right? right. So it may be well, kind of no, a, I'm, I'm saying, an underground network of people there, actually speak talking to each other and you know sending whatever messages to each other but it was uh, it was a decentralized system mm -hmm. it was difficult for someone someone else to, da uh, david said landlines here i mean do we go back to letters they're that not saying part of it i think huh? that would be, yeah part of that system okay well that's a question that's what we want to think about I think yeah. that someone said independent websites, which I thought was interesting, right? Yeah, and someone mentioned like the you know like uh, you know on your on our website you know having protected communication right um, too, right right on the server that would be part of it. Well, yeah, that's yeah. yeah great I, question. It's a great and now you. I'm saying this is this, this is this, this, so drop. Let's drop all the you know blockchain nonsense. I mean, I can talk about blockchain all day as a technologist, and I think the conclusion one will come to very shortly is we need to build a movement. It's the only way out of this. Not a technology. It's human beings coming together, and and the establishment puts so much power, Keith, to make sure we do not come together. Keith, hold on. I'm going to take this other call, but thanks for calling in. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Hello, are you from Santa Cruz? How are you? Please, please ask your, can, can you shut off the background noise? Thanks. Hello, are you from Santa Cruz? How are you? Please, please. Hello. Can you 
shut off the background noise? Yes. Yeah, go ahead. You have to turn down your audio in the background. Hi, actually, I, I'm from Colorado. This is Renee. Oh, go ahead, Renee. Hi, this is Renee from Colorado. Yep. Go ahead, Renee. Oh, okay. Um, I think that uh, public speaking is something that we should take a look at. Uh, we need to go into high touch, which is people to people. That's great. Go back to, go back Excellent. to the Postal Service, especially postcards when we communicate with Congress, because they can't, you know, I mean, you flip it over, you get the message. And um, I teach cooking. And what I'm going to be doing is incorporating the systems approach into wellness and my cooking classes. Uh -huh. and, and I'm going to educate people about the food chain and uh, all the stuff that I've been learning from you. Um, and I'm really excited. I, I hope I can make a difference. I'm sure you can. But I think you said something quite... I think this is probably the closest we're getting now to a solution. What you said something, Renee, that was brilliant is, you know, I don't know if you know Socrates, the grateful, he hated, yes. he hated the written word. He thought writing could always be manipulated. You know what he loved? Speaking to people directly. Go look at yes. all the great, you know, uh, philosophers and leaders. Christ, I don't think wrote anything down. Buddha never wrote anything down. It was all right. oral communication. Mm -hmm. So maybe the way out of this, guys, is we get back on the ground. John Medlar loves to do standouts. We love to go on the ground, hand out our little cards, right? Little printed cards. We started this, and everyone's taking this idea all over the country. We've seen this. It just says, what is what we did? We handed out two million of these cards before Trump hijacked the election integrity movement and fucked it all up. Um, and there's Tanya's got cards. I think it's probably old school on the ground. I have cards. Yeah, and on the ground. Out at my classes, and there's a group here that I want to let you all know about. That's um, really active with the um, school boards, and uh -huh. I'll be sending some information to Heather on that. Okay. Yeah. So thank you. Very nice, Renee. Thanks for calling in. You Thanks bet. for sharing. Thank yep. you. So I think this is probably, I think it's a good way to, as it, by the way, anyone can call into 617-631. So would we all agree, imagine if we had a network of, this is sort of a, people go through the Truth From Health Warrior training, they understand a systems approach to go beyond left and right, so they're not in one camp or the other. They learn how to look at data from a systems approach. Hold on, someone's calling here from Columbus, Ohio. Hello, how are you? Are you from Columbus, Ohio? I am. Good. So tell us what your comments and your thoughts are on this question. So the question is, how do we get real news? Right. Um, hold on one second. I got someone else calling in. Hold on. Can you hold on, please? Hold on one second. I'll bring you in. Thank you. Sure. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Is to get folks in, in all parts of starting off to where freedom is most available. Um, and getting in these town squares and doing things of, of town square types of forums and have the ability to then um, communicate through those. I mean, whether it's our phones or some other technology, I mean, technology still has to be a part of it, but to p combine the element of town squares 
in person and then uh, apply some sort of application technology that cannot be interfered with. Yeah, so let's take the town square. No, but what I'm, what I'm talking about, let's go back to old school. Right. You got a million people who go through, understand the systems approach, which means they're beyond left and right. I think that's, it has to be, that has to be like foundational. They're not in the left wing. They're not in the right wing. Would you agree? Absolutely. Because right away, then you're going to fall into Fox or CNN. Step right. one. Step two, you learn how to articulate. Okay. And you go physically into your town square. Like we used to do in the old soapboxes. You go into your town square. Exactly. You, you have a little flyer, which people can paper, still paper. You can print it out and you hand it out to people and you give a talk. It may be interestingly hard initially if you're shy, but you connect with maybe someone will throw a tomato at you. That's okay. But you give a talk in the town square and we all start doing that. And we all okay. hand out flyers in Massachusetts. For example, we had 3000 people. And we handed out 2 million of these cards which means one out of three households got these. And we did that, Kristen, when did we do that? In a period of like 60 days, John? Uh, yes, yeah, something like that. I mean, maybe we, we ordered like 2 million boxes of cards, printed them, and then we handed out, I mean, Massachusetts at 6 million, 6.7 million people. Probably every household got one of these. So if you, if you had a, if you market it and when I say market, if you communicate it in a way that these town squares are specifically for the purpose of getting real data and real news yeah. uh, and real information and you can participate and it's a, it's, it's, it's a gathering of at whatever locations, um, you know, that, that people uh, decide upon that, um, you can bring this information and, and there can be scribes, there can be people who are recording this information, uh, and, and, and you can collaborate and also verify amongst each other if you're getting the same information, um, and making sure that, you know, the information that's being recorded is, is, is accurate. Well, it's, it's, what, what is your name again? Jim. Jim. What's interesting is in 1982, when I was at MIT, remember the internet really hadn't taken off, right? Right. Um, me and my friends would, would put out, uh, we, we were troublemakers on campus and, and there was a student newspaper who the administration funded for like $50,000. We had no money. A friend of mine, I was living off campus at a professor, at a, at a former professor who had been fired because he was also an activist. But he had an old mimeograph machine in, the, in his basement. So we would print out a little flyer, an eight and a half by 11, little flyer on attacking the MIT administration, exposing how they were mistreating the food service workers. And we would print out 5,000 of these and we would hand them out. And, and it was very satirical, very hard hitting. People loved them. We used to do it once every two weeks. People would wait in line for us to show up. Just one sheet of paper. It was old school. And we scared the shit out of the MIT administration. You can still go talk to them. We weren't a 30,000 page newspaper. It wasn't done beautifully. It was old school leaflets. So it may be just to go old school, everyone. Old school people using th themselves in the town square. We have outsourced so much of our stuff elsewhere. Do you know what I'm saying? Like we think we need Google and Facebook and websites and all this. It may be just a stupid little piece of paper, handing it out, going out to people. We know how much effect we had in Massachusetts when we did the real Indian, fake Indian campaign exposing Elizabeth Warren. We destroyed her. And we well, didn't the have- The technology is, 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 is actually working against everyone. Yeah. I mean, and and uh, 
the, the reality of it is, is that um, as, as old school as you want to make it, I mean, it's like going offline. I don't want to get on my phone. I want to go on a hard line. It's, it's almost, it's almost, you know, removing ourselves, detaching from this technology that gets us back to the ability to know what's real and what's not. Right. Right. So great. Thank, great. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you. Great uh, points. This, this is so critical. I, I mean, I can't believe I stumbled upon this because it, it's amazing. Um, you know, I was a journalism major at Ohio State University, and um, it's it, it was so bad then, and it's just it's 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 really scary. Um, well, well so come I to our orient come to our orientation every 11 a.m. and 8 p.m. We do an orientation. We have more people, and you should come to it. I just put the ticker down there for you. Okay. okay great. Thank you. Okay. Let's take our last person. Um, I'm sorry, from Illinois. Please ask your comment or question. I think someone. Go ahead. Yeah, this is Joan. Um, I'm actually <laughs> from Tennessee, but in northern Wisconsin on vacation. And what I wanted to say was, I have a friend who um, we've been close for quite a while, going through different educational things, and she's from Russia, and her father is still in Moscow, and the ability to um, get information. Um, it's it's fearful for her. To, she can uh, no longer go over to Russia to see her father because of what's going on. And she recently spent a couple weeks uh, as a humanitarian visit to uh, work uh, with Ukraine uh, single moms and their kids to try to help them kind of get through the PTSD that they're going through. And what I'm still seeing in talking with her is that the anybody who tries to say what they think is going on in Russia immediately ends up in prison. In, oh, from in Ukraine. You're saying out of Russia or out of Ukraine? In the, her, her family, her dad, is still in Moscow. Uh huh. Okay. And and what she has said to me is that um, if you speak up against anything that Putin is doing, mm -hmm. you are either put on the front lines and you're going to be dead, or you're immediately thrown into prison. And so the people that want to um, speak up and and say, you know, this is wrong you know, whatever. Um, so the fear factor of the feet on the street is, you know, we, we've got people that, um, you know, went into the capital what, a year and a half ago, and a lot of them are still in solitary confinement. So I think there's a tremendous amount of fear in our country mm -hmm. and obviously in places like Russia to actually, I know, or I see this happening. I've talked to so-and-so. I know that they're in prison. I know that this is happening. So I, I, I guess my concern is that how do we get past the fear factor of being a spokesperson and trying to, um, get the information out there that's all i want let to me say. ask you a question just as uh, so i want to address that but your friend does she have people what's going on in ukraine if you're in ukraine and you try to tell what's going on in ukraine does the same thing happen to you no she she's not in ukraine she went to the czech republic 
Uh so that she could work with the Ukraine mothers and their kids because that's where they're being sent as refugees. Um, I see. But the the people in Ukraine are are definitely uh, getting their butts kicked. Yeah, exactly. But what I'm saying is in the U.S. news, the presentation is Ukraine is about to defeat Russia, which is absolutely false. They're getting their they're getting their butts kicked, like you said. But I'm saying, how come people in you we're not getting news out of Ukraine that they're getting their butts kicked? It's almost Zelensky's about to win. Give give him some more money. Zelensky's about to win. You know, give us more money. I, I'm, what I'm saying is, how come the news, the reality of Ukraine, is not coming out? Also, do do, do you have any op- thoughts on the that? Only, the only th- so not from my friend yeah. because she thinks that. Um, the head of the Ukraine is all good and lots of things that I've read <clears throat> he's not so good uh-huh. and it's so it's hard to tell what is really going on there and, and how much of these supposed bioweapon labs are in Ukraine and, and that's one of the reasons you know where our country is supposedly hooked up with a lot of these bio labs and so we're uh, we as a country are happy to um, have this war going over there because it it takes the focus away from what's what has the United States been doing in the Ukraine. And again, you know, I, it's one of those things that I'm always digging, trying to find out, you know, what is the truth and and how much is the Ukraine responsible for child trafficking? And um, right, so. I, I, I don't know, but I, I, I think that's where um, I, I know that just this kind of conversation, it, it blows my brain how um, when I'm talking to my friend um, that I know that the AI system is alive and well and it listens to everything that we say. And yeah. so it's well, well, look, fearful. so. Well, so to answer your more deeper question, what do we do? Well, first of all, you should come to our orientation. And it's a good way to end this call. The Movement for Truth, Freedom and Health does exist. It is the only movement of its kind on the planet, which was organized to A, educate people to think beyond left and right. Step one. So it's a scientific framework to think beyond left and right. Number two, it's a movement. Number three, it's a community. And we're all over the world. So our goal is to give people confidence for themselves and empower them with tools, with technology, and with education that we put together. So I invite you to come. I, I put a little note every, every Thursdays we have an open house to learn more. But we believe, obviously, there's more of us in them. And we believe more people are good than there are people that are evil. And it's time that, that. Yeah, so it's time that people overcome this fear uh, and organize because if you bring up fear, it, it just stuns you. You don't do anything, you know? Uh, and, and that's, I mean, that's where I run into the roadblock where I try to mm-hmm. get my friend to vote. Um, yeah. Yeah. But what, what I'm suggesting is forget voting. We need to build a movement. So what I suggest you do is come this Thursday at, a, we just did our, we had a great meeting with people from all over the world at 11 AM or 8 PM. I just put it, and you can just go to vhshiva.com slash orientation and sign up. There's no cost or anything. There's no commitment. Um, just come and listen. And I think you'll be very, very excited. 
and you'll actually uh, overcome fear too. Yeah, no, okay. I, I, I've actually already signed up as a warrior. Oh, great. Um, but what happened with me is I, I wanted to get away from the medical tyranny of Chicago. I moved down to Tennessee, uh -huh. uh, bought a home in April, and then mid-June, um, they dropped a two-and-a-half-diameter-foot oak tree on my house. So for the last couple of months, I've been in total limbo because it's the house is considered unsafe to be in. But yet, it's hard to find a place. Sorry to hear that. Yeah, cap. it's just been crazy. So I've been very distracted with trying to get my house fixed and be um, in a safe place. Well, just just so sorry to hear about that. That must be very hard. But what you know, stay in touch. Um, we have Thursday meetings also. But um, anything we can use to support, you know, from a community standpoint, we're here. But thank you for calling thank in. You. Okay. Absolutely. Be, okay. Thank be you. well. Yeah. Okay. Let's have some closing comments, John. Let's close it up. So I think we had a really good conversation. Bullet points. News is what we all want. We want accurate information too. We live in a very, very controlled uh, situation right now. The access has been choked. Three, we want to build new channels of communication. Those channels could be technology, but it's clear bottoms up human stuff is ultimately the way to do it. Right. I mean, it may be harder, but go ahead, John. Well, no matter the, the, the key takeaway thing is, is, that, is that I think no matter uh, where you are, there's really nowhere to hide from the problem. Like if you go to Russia and you criticize, um, uh, you criticize Putin, you might think, well, he's not with the globalists, at least. But if you criticize him in your own country, you do so at your own risk. And if you criticize the Zelensky regime in Ukraine and you happen to be in Ukraine, you then have their secret service showing up on your door and you'll never be seen again. Uh, if you criticize the American regime, they have very and you live in America, they have very, very clever ways of shutting you down and making your life hell. So uh, the, so the corruption between you could say the, the Eastern you see, could say the, the Eastern corruption is more honest because at least they do the, the favor of just shooting you in the head behind uh, behind the shed or something like that. But uh, but uh, at least that's more honest, you might say, form of corruption. But um, uh, I don't know what goes on here. But the but the end result is is the same. We have to build. Working people have to create alternative infrastructures. You know, the government's not going to sweep in and do it for us. There's no going to be magic election where we just sweep into power because they control all the election systems. And uh, the you know violence isn't going to isn't going to do it because um, they'll just use that as an excuse to crush us. But um, uh, we have to get sophisticated and we have to build alternative systems that are simple enough for the average person to use that are um, uh, robust enough to withstand attempts to shut them down. And, and decentral de decentralization is an important factor in that. And um, uh, yeah, decent decentralized in the, in the sense that no, that no one can take them over, that they can't be hijacked. We want to thank online call for a donation. We appreciate it. Thank you. So John follow up. What would happen if we went, we just used these simple communications, not for dissemination, but we all learned to go on the ground mm -hmm. once a week. We all went into the town square, handed out flyers and met our neighbors face to face. And this was done by millions of people everywhere. What do you think about that technology, John? 
I always believe that if you're going to build connections with people, you have to do it face to face. It has to be in real life. It has to be local. Isn't that what churches do? Don't we still have exactly literally like church people, Every weekend, people, right? people think you need to do the state to do everything. It used to be like your local church that would provide all the social services because people would just come together and do it. It was, it was a self-organizing system. Right. It was a self, but, but don't we still do that? People still. Yeah. A lot of people church. still go to church. I certainly go to church. I, I, I may, I have a lot of friends at church. Yeah. And, and the concept, if you go look back at the concept of many religions, it was you're supposed to do your local meetings and it was decentralized. Mm -hmm. And many of these religions, you know, Christianity was radical, right? It was against the state, the government. And they met decentrally and, and people still do that. They don't, I mean, when even the Zoom stuff came during the stupid COVID nonsense, people still miss the local community, right? And I know you go to church, right? You don't yeah. do it over Zoom, right? No. no. So why don't we all use that technology? Mm -hmm. Go ahead, Tanya. Thank you for inviting me tonight. And uh, I think Jim in Ohio just joined. Don't wait for the orientation. Just join. Okay. You get, it. You get half of it already. And then uh, to the person who said, what do you do about the fear? Well, I don't remember who said this, but I would rather live on my feet than die on my knees. It was so, as mejor morir a pie que continua viviendo a las rodillas. It's, it's better to die fighting on your feet feet than living, begging on your knees. And that was Emiliano Zapata, Mexican revolutionary. Yep. She, she was right. He, yeah, he, he was, was right. But it's a very, it's a very famous point um, that I think people need to understand. Now, the one slogan was, es mejor morir, uh, es el pueblo unido jamás será vencido, which means the people united will never be defeated. And then when they did get defeated, the slogan changed to El Pueblo Armado, Hamas said apostado. The people armed will never be crushed. So, mm. you know, passion isn't enough, okay? But the issue is what do you arm yourself with? And the arming here could be with knowledge. The arming here could be with weapons. The arming here, it's the ultimate weaponry is knowledge. And what our movement teaches is a movement, is, is a knowledge of systems, interconnecting things. And I think this discussion uh, is very valuable. Jason? Final closing points. Jason's a multi-talented Renaissance person, artist, among many other things. Go ahead, Jason. Uh, I, I actually uh, I agree with everyone what they were saying uh, about the bottoms up aspect and getting out and speaking uh, publicly. And but I will touch on the fear thing, as I will pretty much talk to anyone anytime, and I spend a lot of time on the ground. I actually have great interactions with everyone. I try to see lots of times people won't even look you in the eye when you're crossing them on the street. They're preoccupied with something else, but I almost uh, try to push that interaction on them. As like I said, I, I don't, not that I don't watch the news, but uh, what I see in the news does put that fear in you. And I, uh, I'm just saying personally, what I experience in real life is nothing like that. I have these right. great interactions with everyone. And I, and I would say uh, um, uh, with a, uh, the misinformation with uh, medical uh, has actually almost killed me. So uh, that was way more fearful. And <laughs> any political drama that I dealt with in jobs or, or whatever you want to call it all throughout any top-down thing, that's way more scary too. But that's, again, my own personal opinion. What, one of the things I want to share with you, the news you're getting here today, okay, is not from Sucker Carlson or some doofus on CNN. Everyone here actually has no vested interest. Everyone here works for a living. I just want to emphasize this. 
Our movement is by the people for the people. You know, John works for a living. Tanya works for a living. Jason works for a living. Suresh works for a living. I work for a living. And part of this is um, this conversation really perturbs those in power because they'll try to say, oh, what are you guys experts in? You don't have a degree in media. It's like, fuck off, right? The experience that we have is living day-to-day life. Like Jason, what you just said, that's the expert, right? You've learned that, you know, you look at what's what they're saying to you. Then you go on the ground, you see people actually want to connect. They want to look at people in the eye, et cetera. Go ahead, Suresh. Yeah, closing points. Uh, I think you bring up a really important point uh, because the people we see in TV have really, really severe, high conflict of interest. Uh, they work for national health services or something and then uh, they go on tv and then they go and join a get a job in a big pharma company so do we want to listen to them who have very high conflict of interest or people who are bottoms up who are working people who work for a living who don't grift um from others work so that's an important point uh, and i want to talk about fear i think all the problems we have today is because of fear. We can have all sorts of technology, uh, cryptography, blockchain, uh, even quant- quantum computing. But what if people are, let me say the dirty word, if people are ignorant, what can you do with any sort of technology? What will you do if you give a monkey like a latest cutting edge technology tool? <laughs> is it, does it? You give it freedom of speech, freedom of whatever. Monkey is not gonna. <laughs> it, nothing is gonna come out of it. Right. The, the real and yeah, the fear. Fear is and next. Next one. I wanna. I wanted to tackle fear. I think it's it's leading to the, that's one another another problem that we are fe- facing. What is the purpose of life? I think this is a spiritual topic. I just wanna touch this before we close. What is the purpose of life? Why are we here? Weakness, fear, it just leads to slavery, all kinds of misery, death. What's the purpose of living in fear? You're more dead than alive if you live in fear. Why Why do you want to live this way? Strength is the antidote to weakness. Teach people to live with strength. That's already in them. You are a divine creature. The, the atoms in your body came from a supernova you are more powerful than the a star why do you want to live in fear what's the purpose of life i want to i want to keep saying this to people that's why i go out and uh hold my sign in a overpass every week i'm i feel like i'm giving strength to people and i'm sapping energy from people who honk back at me honk back who uh, raise their hand who salute who fist bump who come and hug who bow down bow down to me why do you want to live in fear? This fear is going to lead us to slavery, misery. Don't live in fear. And that's because we don't have knowledge. That's what our movement is bringing. Lack of knowledge leads to weakness, leads to fear, all kinds of slavery and misery. So don't live in fear. <laughs> I keep saying this I, I, because it just... Uh, well, Suresh, I think the key thing is to, to those people, Suresh, you know, was observing our moon for two years and he went out and actually on the ground. And I think that's when you had the transformational experience. I think what someone said was go to the town square. John loves to go on the ground. I love to go on the ground. You know, 
I think the key thing that I'm leaving this conversation with is you just come back to this very fundamental basic. You got to go on the ground and meet people. And those in power want, ultimately, the fake news is actually disintermediating between us and other people. I think that's really the takeaway, right? So they, whatever they put out there is to create fear, distrust against other working people. And so monkeypox, this, that, blah, 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 so don't go on the ground. The end goal is that you don't connect with another human being. And I think the conclusion of this conversation comes to if we're going to have real news is to connect with other human beings. It's connection. And the only way you can do that by yourself is something very simple. Get on the ground and go to the town square physically, hand out a freaking flyer because then you don't need this. You don't need this. You're, you're, you have ultimate power because you're going and making news. You're, when you go out and you stand and you hold a banner out, Truth, Freedom, and Health, you hand out a flyer, you are now the newsmaker. That's news. You become the sort, you become the creator and the medium for the news. And I think that's what we really leave with. I, so, and that's what our movement says. Like Sureshi said, it's about destroying ignorance, get on the ground and learn why that. And I hope people are learning from here. What is news and how do we create news? Everyone here is a powerful human being. You create your own news, put on your t-shirt, truth for and health, you know, go out and hand out a flyer. And we've made it easy for people um, to just sort of close. What I want to share with people is if people go to, uh, we have a very simple website. We spend most of our time, as many people know, sharing a lot of content. But if people go here to truthfreedomhealth.com, you will see our slogan is get educated or be enslaved. It says empowering you with the science of systems. We create infrastructure and community to build a bottoms up movement. And we'll, uh, we have, uh, you can support the movement. It's your movement. It's not my movement. It's not Tanya's movement. You can contribute. And when you, when people contribute, what we've done is we've created People can contribute nothing. We give tools and I walk you through those. So for example, if you contribute a hundred or more, it's not about, uh, it's about reciprocity. We've created all these tools. We've created tools for activism. We've created videos. We've created scientific papers. We've created a whole certification program. So you can be essentially a, a true revolutionary. We define what revolution is. We give you books that you can pay hundreds of dollars. It's included. We teach you how to take care of your body. We give you scientific papers. We give you tools that's independent of big tech and you get to join a community. Or if you don't want that, you can get other tools. There's sort of a greater thing. If you don't have any money, at least become a member and you still get a bunch of gifts. But the point is you gotta break the ignorance and we've created a world here. We've created infrastructure for you to learn. We've created a community like Jason and Suresh and John and Tanya and a whole bunch of other people all over the world. So you don't have to feel afraid Okay, you can connect with other people. But most importantly, we want you to become the news. You make the news, you get on the ground, you meet people, you shake people's hands, you give inspiration. That's the news. And I think we've answered our questions, haven't we? Started with one point. I think we've ended with what is the news? The news is you. You are the news. You are the medium. You're the agent of change. What do you guys think? Isn't that a good definition? Yeah. It's Fox, CNN, fuck Fox News. These people aren't the news. They are, if anything, the illusion. They're evil. 
They take you away from you, your power. So it's time for people to become the news, but you get out there and you go beyond left and right. So I want to encourage everyone to come to our orientation at least, become a truth, freedom and health warrior, but it's time that people overcome fear and become the news. You are the news. What do you guys think? Good? Yeah, come join right. the movement. All right, everyone join the movement, truthfreedomandhealth.com. Okay, I'm gonna stay on everyone. I'm just gonna play the, uh, I'm, I'm just gonna uh, sign off for everyone. So everyone, thank you. I'm just gonna end with the logo. Go to truthfreedomandhealth.com. I hope this was valuable. And again, we thank all of our experts, our working people here um, who actually work for a living. Thank you guys. Thank you. Thank you.